This episode is brought to you by One World Empowered. Hey there, tired mama. Do you wish you could push a reset button on your energy? Like, do you want to keep up with those energizer bunnies that are running around you all day? I know, I know, I know. I feel ya. Coffee can only do so much. Well, don't you worry. I've got you covered. Now just imagine a community of mamas who know the struggle and are working together to harness and reclaim their energy. We're talking about a true community of mamas who get it. Daily practices to jumpstart your days, accountability partners, group coaching calls to ground and recenter you throughout the 28 days. Does this sound like the exact dose of medicine you need in order to feel 100% again? If so, this program is exactly what you need if you want to be more present with your kiddos, if you think a new routine will help you maximize your time and you enjoy having an accountability partner to help you with developing that new routine and those new habits, if you'd like to increase your patience and energy all while reducing your stress and anxiety, and if you think it would be amazing to have an understanding community of mamas who get it and are on the same path towards healing. Mama, today is the day you choose you and level up. Come join our 28-day energetic reset for moms by visiting www.oneworldempowered.com slash work with me and click the learn more option next to the energetic reset program or just scroll down and click the link in my show notes below. I can't wait to meet you and witness you step into your full potential. See you there, mama. You're listening to the Empower to Heal podcast. I'm your host, Dina T, and I'm so excited to take you on a journey through stories of everyday experts as we share the ways we've harnessed the power inside us to improve the quality of our lives and the health of our minds. We're so excited to have you here with us and hope you feel inspired and empowered to heal. Hello, you beautiful souls. Thank you so, so much for joining us today. I am just stinking excited over here because our guest today is someone that I have loved and adored for, we just did the math, 19 years. (laughs) And 19 years feels like a lifetime, but he is somebody so special to my heart. And I have been on many experiences in life with him, including back in the day we did a drama together and he was like kind of one of those jack of all trades, right? Like singing, dancing, acting, doing the technical side of stuff, stage management. Like he literally knew it all and could do it all and step up to plate for everything. And because of that, he was somebody that you're just like magnetized to spending time with. You want to be around him. You want to soak in his brilliance and his insight. And the energy that he brings to the table is just something that like fills your heart and your soul. When you leave, you're just like, Ooh, high on life. And so I am literally so excited to introduce you guys to my friend, Ryan Thomas, also known as Katie Christian star. Welcome Ryan. Well, after that introduction, I hope I can live up to that. Wow. (laughs) I'm going to hire you for all my shows um, to introduce me to the stage every time. Uh, Deal. (laughs) 
Oh my goodness. Thank you for taking the time to join us today. And I got to tell everybody on here that we are recording this the morning after Ryan just had a big night. So Ryan is a drag queen and he's going to share his life with us today and tell us all about it. But he had a big night last night and still woke up today to join us on the podcast. (laughs) You know, shenanigans and debauchery tend to always come along (laughs) hand in hand. Um, we just do, as I like to say, the Lord's work, um, all the time. (laughs) I love you. (laughs) So Ryan, tell us a little bit about this lifestyle. I know you've just shared with me that, that you have been a drag queen for going on 13 years in June. And that is just mind blowing to me because 13 years just feels like so long, but I got to be so honest here. I haven't seen you in a show yet. And so I want you to like bring love and light to us today about what it, what does it mean to be in drag and uh, what's that lifestyle for you? How'd you find that? And just, just shed light for us. Um, well, first, I think we need to make sure because a number of people may have an idea of what a drag queen is, but I think we should definitely define what a drag artist or a drag entertainer truly is. Um, because there's a lot of confusion that surrounds it. Um, people start to think it's cross-dressing or they start to think it's something else. The, the art form of drag and drag entertainment is exactly that art. So it's mm-hmm. a performance art. So anytime someone is dressing up in kind of an extreme version, um, is how I would say it, um, is, is an art. There's not a sexual component to it. And that's the biggest difference. So when you're talking trans cross-dressing, um, transvestites and, and, you know, things along those lines, there's always a sexual component and a sexual nature to it. Um, whether that becomes what their gender is or what they choose to be called. When you're talking about a drag entertainer, it's literally the performance. It's literally the art. All the other uh, categories can actually be involved in drag. Um, But when we're talking drag, drag queens, drag kings, entertainers, it is that art and that performance art. Um, So as we go on, that's what we're doing. Yes, RuPaul's Drag Race, yes, that kind of stuff, mainstream. Um, but there's a there's a really fun, you know, inside scoop to what drag really is. Um, and yes, 13 years is a long time. <laughs> um, I got started actually in college um, when I was studying theater. I needed a release from theater, ironically. Um, and so this was a way to perform and still entertain without the constant rehearsal or feeling like a job Mm. Um, and 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 a way to make a little bit extra cash. Mm. Um, And so it was really funny. I was serving at a restaurant and it got posted for pride in Fargo, North Dakota. I was in Fargo, (laughs) North Dakota, and that's where drag started for me middle of nowhere in the plains in North Dakota. Which is just so random. Okay. It's just so (laughs) random. It was a city at that time that had one gay bar (laughs) (laughs) and we were a traveling troupe. Oh my goodness. So you literally, you left Fargo to travel and do drag when you started. Yeah, because we had one show a month in Fargo, but then Grand Forks, North Dakota, 45 minutes north, had a show once a month. Uh, We would go to Bismarck every quarter, um, which was about a two and a half, three hour drive. 
Um, so we would literally go pack up the cars, all drive over and put up a show in some hotel ballroom or some bar or whatever the case may be oh um, gosh, to do shows. Fun! That's such a yeah. creative way to get some of those more remote locations too. So just so everybody knows, Ryan and I, we're from Phoenix, Arizona, like Scottsdale, mm-hmm. Arizona. There, it's it's a very developed area, and something inside Ryan said, "Go to Fargo, North Dakota for college." <laughs> and I remember talking to you. I had to have been like the first week or two of college. I was in my dorm room, and you called me, and we were talking, and you were in Fargo in your like life there, and it was yep. like holy moly, we just left opposite sides of the world you went to like the coldest place imaginable in my mind (laughs) from one of the hottest places imaginable and you literally like like I'm gonna use the word stripped you like stripped and became and blossomed and like wholly transformed into all of your potential when you went off to college it was the coolest thing to hear about and for you to like take that and become like a traveling drag queen like that is (laughs) baller that is so cool (laughs) and 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 I you know I joke around that I'm like I'm a drag queen for the people but the it was people that got me started so Mm -hmm. I didn't have an itch to actually do drag Um, in fact, so I was serving at a restaurant, they did a newcomer like competition for pride every year. Mm -hmm. And all of my survey server coworkers were like, Ryan, you need to compete in this. (laughs) And I literally, no joke, like I could call any one of them up, looked at them and said, I'm a gay theater major. I think I have enough to add to my gay card. I don't need to add drag queen. (laughs) Um, how long and, was that before, like how much time before that statement and conversation to you signing up and doing drag? Uh, two weeks. <laughs> so they wouldn't leave me alone. They wouldn't leave me alone. So I finally said, okay, we have one afternoon to get everything we need. If we don't find everything we need in one afternoon, I'm not doing it. Whoa, look at you laying down the law. <laughs> I was like, well, because they wouldn't stop. It was like every day they were texting me, calling me at work. They're like, we're going to do this. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I just knew you were destined to it. Anybody that knows you, Ryan, like you are so highly skilled in theater and singing and performance and like literally like becoming <laughs> the character. <laughs> like it just makes sense. <laughs> Yeah. So it, and I got third overall. Mm. I mean, and there was like 20 people competing. And this is your first time. This is first time. I looked like a man in a dress. It was (laughs) as glamorous as we put drag queens. I was not very glamorous, (laughs) but apparently I entertained. Um, I got third place and the host of the competition, uh, Miss Janessa J. Champagne. Um, she loved it and wanted me to be a part of it. So she's like, Hey, I have a show. I think at that time it was in two weeks. She's like, I have a show in Grand Forks in two weeks. I want you to be in it. Oh my gosh. And mind you at the time I'm 19 years old. And um, you were like just stepping into gay at that point. In time yes. too. Well, I mean, come on. I went flying out the closet. Let's just be real. So that, that was at like what? 18. Yeah. So really not that long. Yeah. So the first show. Yeah. Cause it was, and I was almost 19 when I came out. 
because it, it was fall mm-hmm. and my birthday's in April. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the pride show is in June. Um, so I just turned 19 in April. So in all purposes, I'm performing at a bar under 21. So there was hoops that had to be jumped through wow. to get me in. Um, but the, the state of North Dakota had the law that as long as you're 18 and you like, you can work at the bar. So literally mm-hmm. the host said, if you can have a bartender at the age of 18, I can have an entertainer at the age of 19. There you go. And they just had to accept it. And so I, for the rest of college, would do all kinds of crazy stuff. We would travel, get in the car, go to another city, go do all kinds of stuff and um, just bring the art and fun that comes with drag out and about. At a certain point, I had my own show. Um, I was hosting a burlesque troupe in town because uh, they <laughs> thought it was so funny to have women stripping with a drag queen. They thought it was the best <laughs> thing ever. I also met a famous comedian, Ron White, in full drag. Wow. Um, Mr. Tater Salad himself uh, was in Fargo for a show, and he loves the Irish pub in downtown Fargo when he's up there because they carry his favorite whiskey. Mm. And you can get a, he can get a glass of his favorite whiskey. You don't, he usually has to buy a bottle of it to be able to have any of it. Um, well, I was hosting a burlesque show at that bar oh <laughs> and he was and he so he's out smoking going how do I get to be a part of this because there's women in their bras and panties <laughs> you know in the back alley smoking a cigarette in between sets and he comes upstairs and as soon as he walked in the room like 15 people came up to me did you know Ron White's here did you know Ron White's here um so then I of course call him out on a microphone get him up on stage oh and it gosh, was of course you do Ryan look at you because, and he thought it was really funny his camera guy flipped the light on him and he just waves and I said oh that's cute you're at my show get up here please <laughs> look at you <laughs> I love the and personality so, that you can step into and drag like you can just like yeah. be so like courageous and out there without having to like I don't know. It's like a separation from like your normal ego and like self-consciousness to like, bam. Well, and do you want to know what's really funny? A drag queen can get away with a lot. <laughs> and I don't know what it is with people's mindsets. Like get away, can, like how so? Um, people just say yes when a drag queen says to do something. <laughs> um, like you stand up or you're really cute. You should take your shirt off for the audience or like. And they'll do oh, it. They'll, they just say yes. They just say yes. I wonder what that is. Like, I wonder what the psychology of that is. <laughs> I, I, I wish I knew. Like somebody should do a study on it. But like you literally should. a drag queen says to do something. They do it. Um, it's it's why you know even in people doing fundraisers and stuff, a drag queen tends to sell more tickets sometimes um, because we have this way of being able to get people to do things they're not comfortable doing. Do you think it's a part um, of the persona? Like you're showing up being so like out there, right? Like drag queens are out there. They are like dressed to the like. On a scale of one to 10, they're like 20 and it's like over the top everything. And then this personality that comes out of everybody is so big and like overflowing, right? Do you think that is like changes the atmosphere to a degree that people want to like level up to that? Or it's just straight fear. I mean, come on, (laughs) I'm seven feet tall with heels and hair standing in front of you in a bunch of sequins and rhinestones. Like, (laughs) I'm just going to do what you say. (laughs) Looking like a clown, 
you're just gonna say yes because it's some horror movie thing that's about to happen like oh my gosh I love you (laughs) I it's seven feet tall Ryan holy moly like yeah I have I have some tall wigs and you know wear heels and all that other kind I'm six two out of drag oh my gosh you add just a few things on and you're like huge and I, I want to say this too, because you just triggered it in my mind, but you know how I said, Ryan's a jack of all trades. Like he literally makes his gowns for drag. I don't know if you make all of them, but you not all like, of them. I have an amazing person who makes the, the big evening gowns and uh, a number of things. Another dear, dear friend of mine who I've been friends with for ooh, 12 years. Hmm. So another longtime friend. Yes. So they help make some of your, your gowns, but you personally, I know you've showed me one of your gowns before and I was just floored. Like you made that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, One of my iconic looks is this like big skirted sundress uh, that's Mm. in this like crazy eighties print, but I made it. It's 11 yards of fabric in the skirt alone. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Um, So when we say full circle skirt, it's a full circle skirt. (laughs) Um, but yes, uh, another iconic, uh, look of mine is my Lumiere from Beauty and the Beast. Mm -hmm. Um, I look like a candlestick and made that, created the hands for it, um, and all that kind of stuff. The one thing after 13 years of drag that I still don't understand is hair. I don't get it. I know how to put it on. (laughs) Give me the wig nice and done and I'll stick it on my head. Yep. Yep. (laughs) And they're like, one of the most expensive parts of drag mm, is the way I could imagine. So like you can't average, get like a crappy one. You got to get like a legit one. An average cost is anywhere between 150 and $200 for the wig. Oh my gosh. And I think it's important to highlight like drag is not like going to the Halloween costume store and dressing up. It is literally, I love that you said earlier an art form. It is an art form and the makeup too. I remember so we were back in, in high school, we were in drama together and I don't know, sophomore year, maybe I was the makeup crew head, which I don't know who selected that because I don't like, look at my face. I don't wear makeup, <laughs> but I remember learning so much from Colson, but I also learned from you. And there was moments where I was like, hands off y'all. Like this does not make sense to me. What the heck is contouring? And why do I have to like paint stripes on your face? And I look at pictures of you now in full drag and you are done up so gorgeously to a T. And it's like, you do that yourself. You do all of your makeup yourself. Um, and that, and that comes from a lot of trial and error. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't a, there isn't a class. You don't, you don't take a class on drag. Um, it's a lot of trial and error and figuring it out and truly what you like. Cause at mm-hmm. the end of the day, it's your art that you're presenting. So you need to be happy with it. Um, you can't go out there with the expectations of what other people are going to perceive it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, it needs to be how you're presenting and what you want to be presenting because the audience will go with you on that journey as long as you believe and you're confident in what you're putting out on the table. Yes, I love that. I have a question for you as as drag pertains to healing. 
So on this podcast, we talk about how to heal ourselves, right? And that we all have the power within ourselves to heal. And I know you've made mention that like the art form and the freedom of expression and not tying this down to having to like fit a prescribed script or like homework assignment of to-do list that you have to accomplish by a certain date. Um, But really it's an opportunity for you to express another side of yourself, this whole like creative fun outgoing side of yourself and can you talk us through a little bit like the healing nature that drag has had in your life yeah so um it all comes down to the performance and sometimes the numbers that you do of i'm gonna get emotional um so my grandmother passed away um two years almost two years ago now Mm -hmm. um and i got the call it was easter sunday and I was doing a show that night and I got mm. the call on the way to the show um, that she passed away that afternoon. Oh my gosh, Ryan. Yeah. Um, and my parents on the phone said, you need to do your show. We waited literally until you had to go in there. We didn't want you to find out on Facebook. We didn't want to get through text message. We wanted to tell you, <sighs> but we waited to tell you because you need to do the show because they know, and you know me as an artist, that's how I get it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so got through most of the show. It's, it was three numbers that night. So, uh, the people that I was closest to knew something was off, but they had no idea what it was. Mm. Um, not that there was anything off in the performances, but backstage, I wasn't as chatty. I wasn't as whatever. And then I went out on stage and I did, there must be something in the water, Carrie Underwood song, mm. and just lost it. Oh, right. <laughs> like lost it. Um, and the host right before I went out there and I said, can you just do one thing for me? Can you, uh, say that I'm dedicating this to my grandma as I walked out? And she said, of course. And, um, I was in a show with a friend, uh, Cassandra McKenzie, and, um, I had told her just beforehand and then literally the host was flabbergasted. Like anybody in their right mind would have probably said no, but I needed to do that to heal. Right. Mm-hmm. I needed to do that to express that. I needed to do that to share that and share the pain that comes along with it. We, we joke in the family because um, I love to sing and every, every funeral I've ended up singing at, but that's because I don't feel as comfortable giving the eulogy. I'm not as, people think I'm really great with words and I can do words, but it's not as powerful as when I sing or when I'm mm. performing. Mm. Um, and so there's a number of times and a number of moments where, you know, that has come into play and the song that I chose or the performance that I chose to do came directly out of what needed to be said for me personally, Mm. um, and how I needed to heal myself in that moment. Um, some nights it's just whatever song is popular on the radio that I feel like and there's other times where the performance is very specific and the song choice is very specific Uh, there's a very specific message that I personally need to get out of me um, and that I'm allowing people to see Mm. so drag is your medium for self-expression for it's like a cathartic experience for you 
Yes, very much so. Mm. It makes me compare it to other forms of art, right? Where mm-hmm. oftentimes famous artists, songwriters, any form of art, you look at their end product and it is a it is a compilation of emotions and feelings and experiences put into whatever kind of medium that matches where, where their, their skill set, talent, passion lies. And that's what drag is for you. It's this like opportunity to to release, express, emote, set free what you're experiencing in life, process it, and move through it. Uh, yep, pretty much. <laughs> That's beautiful, Ryan. I've never once in my life thought about drag in that mindset. And, and a lot of people don't. So as we were talking, you know, prepping up for this, you know, everybody now most people have probably seen at least one episode of RuPaul's Drag Race or know what RuPaul's Drag Race is. Um, And it is amazing that a show like that has gotten to the level that it's gotten to. Mm. Um, It has helped start bridging some gaps and some boundaries and um, things along those lines. But it also, it's like a double-edged sword. So we've allowed people to let this become mainstream. People understand it. Um, but now their expectation is, is if you're not on television, you're not talented, or if you're not on television, you're not as big as you think you are. And so people will come out in droves to see a RuPaul's Drag Race queen when there are local artists such as myself and many incredible entertainers in the Valley that sometimes have a hard time filling the seats because there isn't a RuPaul girl or it's not a RuPaul show or mm. anything along those lines. And people are missing out. There are, <laughs> I, I know a number of queens that have been on RuPaul's Drag Race personally um and they're incredibly talented individuals and they'll be the first ones to tell you that there are more talented people that have never been on the show Mm. um out there and that exist and that are doing incredible things not only for the communities that surround them but for the art form itself um and, and things along those lines um I appreciate you pointing that out. I think that is so true for so many things. Like the people who Mm -hmm. make it big aren't necessarily the best. Like I have heard local artists sing and I'm like, why doesn't every human being in the world know you? Like why, why doesn't every human being in the world have you on their phone or in their music list? And it's, it's because there's, I feel like there's avenues for exposure, but just because you're famous doesn't mean you're the best. And I love that you're pointing that out here too. Like it is worthwhile to go have a night of complete fun and laughs and like probably moments where you are like blushing (laughs) and, and go and enjoy that and feel the beauty of that art and not have to equate it to be anything on like the famous spectrum, right? Right. And then there's also this other mindset and idea that all drag queens are crass and the humor is raunchy. Um, <laughs> and there there may be moments of that throughout the evening. And there are some show hosts that that's their shtick, right? Mm-hmm. That's the thing that they do and they're known for. But just like not, comedians, right? Just like comedians, but not every drag queen does it the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't know until you've tried it essentially is kind of the way that it goes. And so just because you go to one drag show, does it mean the next drag show is going to be the exact same thing? Um, Because every show host has Mm -hmm. a different flow, has a different vibe. Um, 
you know, sometimes the best jokes are the potty humor and sometimes the best jokes are the ones that make you think. Mm -hmm. um, so there isn't a wrong way to, to, well, okay, I can't say that either. There are wrong ways to host, but <laughs> when it comes to it, when they, when you go to a show, don't assume that every show's the same. Mm -hmm. um, they, they hear that one person was really dirty and they don't ever want to go to a drag show again. And it's, mm -hmm. that's, that's not a healthy way to view it and anything in general. Um, you know, just cause you heard one song by a certain type of group doesn't mean that all of their songs are the same, right? Yeah. I like equating it to going and seeing a comedian, right? A lot of people like right. to go to comedy shows and each person that steps on the stage does it different. Each person that mm -hmm. steps on the stage has their own like style and influence. And each night that you go, you get something different out of that experience. Right. So um, same for so drag. It's the same for drag. And you're going to see a mix of everything when you go to a show. Um, eat for down to music choices, costuming, all that kind of stuff. Um, so it's always go in with an open mind because you never know what you're going to get out of it. Um, there's been people who've said that their lives were changed in those moments and, you know, different things like that. I'll, I'll never forget uh, Phoenix Pride. One year, apparently, and I found this out a year later, um, I just... Somebody was walking around in the field. I just grabbed him and I said, you're beautiful. Have a fun day. That's all I said and kept going. Mm. Right. Didn't introduce myself, didn't do whatever. The woman hunted me down. The mom did mm. because she said, you saved his life. Wow. He was about to commit suicide. Oh my gosh, Ryan. But he was struggling. And all I did was just say, you're beautiful. Mm. And moved on. Mm. Um, you saw so, him in that moment, though. You saw him as a human, a human being, and recognize that person as a human being, right? And there's so much value in treating people with dignity like that. Yeah, it's 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 um it's amazing some of the things that you know have happened or things that have done, mm -hmm. raising money for incredible organizations. Yeah, drag can be very charitable, right? Like, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so it's it's like a weekly occurrence where somebody's asking you to do something, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and help out with charity. And at the end of the day, why not use your gifts to do good? Yeah. Um, and so I'm gonna pretty much say. Nine times out of 10, the answer is always yes. What do we raise money for today? Let's just do it. Um, even like last night, I walked into my gig last night and they said, oh, I forgot to tell you we're uh, raising money for this incredible model agency um, called Willow Scott Models. I'll give them a shout out because they were great last night. Um, but they're doing things in the LGBTQIA community that are breaking boundaries um, mm -hmm. with trans models and um, out of the box models, plus size models, every shape size is welcome within their agency and their, you know, and things along those lines. And they're like, Oh, I'm sorry. You didn't know. Is that a problem? Like we, we can try to do something I'm like, no, let's raise money. Let's do it. Like, let's have a good time. And we all do our part to help the greater good because it takes an army to, to fix the world. Mm. Um, and we're not even close to, you know, scraping the surface of fixing the world, but, mm. um, but if we can do it even one person at a time, that's all it takes. I love that you shed light on that right there. I think many people can connect a drag to something that they're fearful of because it's outside of their norm. 
they can connect drag to something that is like located in bars or connected to something that feels like you said, dirty or, or crass or sinful or whatever label you want to put on it. But the reality is, is that the drag community is very heavily involved in charitable organizations and they're out there making a difference. And that's, that's like a, I feel like in my world, that's a common known thing, (laughs) but I feel like if people don't open their eyes to that, they don't realize how, how prevalent it is and how much it's making a difference. And if you were to go back and look at even um, if we just, you know, we're talking pride buttons and we're talking about the LGBTQIA community as a whole. If you look at some of the major movements at the front of major movements have been drag queens, drag mm-hmm. entertainers, uh, t- trans. In fact, the biggest movement of all for gay people was started by black trans individuals. Um, mm-hmm. And they've always been at this forefront and have always used their platform for good. Mm-hmm. Um, and people don't know that. People don't realize that. They turn the other way. They think it's, um, I've been equated to being a stripper. Mm-hmm. Like that's the way that somebody, you know, views it. And I go, I put more clothes on and make more money putting more clothes on than taking it off. I was going to say, there's a lot of that. layers involved in this. <laughs> like- <laughs> I put on another layer of dance types, you know, get up to six of them and, you know, i you ain't seeing nothing. <laughs> if you think you're seeing skin, it's probably dance tights or something else. It's no. <laughs> but people who don't understand, they equate it to things like that because that's what they think they understand. Oh, you get a dollar. You're dancing on a stage and you get a dollar. So you must be a stripper. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so it's really not. And um, big m- movements have been made and started and continue to be a focus um by using by using platforms and doing doing what you need to do to be better um and as my dear 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 friend espresso grande would say it's hashtag elevated you Mm. but let's keep elevating and let's keep bringing people together because that's what's going to take and so the more elevated you can become the more inspiring you can do to lead to change. I love that. It triggers my my thinking around like, I'm doing a whole lot of learning about like our, our energy and our vibrations of our energy and like what how we show up in the world and what we present with. So everybody can experience somebody else's energy, right? Like you walk in the room and you're like, what's going on in here? Like I'll go back later. Right. Or you walk in and you're like, this is where I want to be. This vibe is so good. Right. And we talk about a vibe. Well, that is our vibrations. That's what we're putting out. And when we can live our life authentically and true and in a capacity that is just like promoting the greater good, bringing happiness to people, talking about how we can be changed, inspiring other people. Like that is what art is like that. That is art. Right. And when we can show up like that, we're living a high vibrational life and that influences everybody around us. It makes them want to raise their vibrations as well. And on the complete opposite, when you're around somebody who is, is ashamed of who they are or not feeling themselves, like you said, that boy who didn't want to live anymore, life was just too hard. You can feel the lower vibrations of that and you can experience a sense of that. And usually we're not drawn to like 
hang in that place regularly, unless there's something inside us that can relate to that. And I think that drag is a beautiful way to inspire that in other people. Just like when you put on a song to lift your spirits, right? Just like when you go for a drive in a pretty area to lift your spirits, or you go on a walk or you check out a flower or anything that has that, that happiness and that love and that authenticity of just showing up in, in, embracing life, right? Embracing all that life has to give. We feel that and it raises our, our vibrations, our energy, our happiness level. And what better way than drag? Because drag is just like, I don't know. I don't know anybody who's seen somebody that's in drag and not wanted to be like, what's up? Like what's going on over here? Like (laughs) it's magnetizing. (laughs) Well, and, and it, it breaks boundaries. It pushes the limits. It, it, you know, pushes people sometimes into an uncomfortable spot, but not in an unsafe environment or an unsafe way. Um, Sometimes it's okay to be uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, And it's in those moments you figure out why was I uncomfortable in that moment? And then you can continue to heal and fix and Mm -hmm. all that other kind of stuff too. And, um, you know, it's been, it's, been a crazy journey and it's continuing there's lots of crazy things down the pipeline that are in the works um you know i've been asked to be in a play as katie christian star wow um so hopefully in november i'll be hitting the stage back into my original love of theater um yep and then uh actually the end of june i'm going to be uh at church in drag Hey, talk about breaking boundaries right there. Let's, yep, can we, so, can we pause on that for a minute? Tell yeah. us more about that. How did, how did that come to be? So Pink Church Phoenix is a newer church to the Valley. Um, and they've been really focusing on being a safe and wonderful space for individuals um, of faith. Mm-hmm. And they have, the pastor has had this dream forever to do a sermon called Drag Me to Church, where a drag queen puts him in drag while the sermon's going. What? Yep. What a concept. Holy moly. Um, What a statement. Like, yes. So I'm, I'm that drag queen for him. And I'm going to be putting him into full drag in front of, you know, the whole, the church and, uh, and everybody and talking about my journey in my faith and the ups and downs that have come across with that. Mm. And, you know, I'll sing a song all while I'm putting makeup on him. Oh my goodness. When is this Ryan? So it is the last Sunday of June. I want to say it's the 26th. I'm sorry, everybody, if I get it wrong, um, but I want to say it's the 26th, but it's and that this weekend. this is at a church called Pink Church? Pink Church um, in Central Phoenix, uh, located at 7th Avenue and Indian School, essentially. Um, they also will be doing a Facebook Live of the service, too, for those that are still uh, not comfortable going out. Um, they're still trying to reach the masses. So either come in person or watch on their Facebook page. They're going to do, I believe, a Facebook live of the sermon. They do one every week. Um, and, and check that out. That'll be fun. What Um, time is that going to be at? Do you know? 1030 is church service. What a concept, Ryan. Like, I think that is such a powerful statement to put inside a church to help dismiss 
I'm going to call it bullshit to dismiss the bullshit that is of leveling human beings as better than each other or more than each other. And it just like bulldozes the crap out of that and says, hell no, however we show up, however we feel to be present, however we're called to live our lives, we are loved by God. And we, and I, this is not a religious podcast. I do believe in God. I do believe in Jesus. <laughs> and I see it in a lens. I see my faith in religion and I see God and Jesus in a lens of accepting and loving of all and of creating us equal. Like, <laughs> come on. So that's such a beautiful way as a yeah. church. And like, God bless that pastor for just hitting that right on through in such a powerful loud way to be heard right like that is a loud way to address it I love that yeah we've been talking about it since we met and we're finally making it a reality and bringing it to fruition I think next Saturday next Sunday is their first uh in-person service back in the church so which is great so very, very excited to be a part of that team and be a, be with them and, you know, share more stories and share more fun and continue to break boundaries and break the mold so that we all just can be living our, our true authentic lives and be the best versions of ourselves. Mm, I love it, Ryan. Do you have anything else you can promote while you're on here? So this episode is going to be airing on June 7th. Is there anything else we can attend to support you or ways we can follow you and just like soak up the reality of what is drag and what does it mean to live your life and through an art form of drag yep. on your, your weekends? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I have some shows coming up. So the end of June on that Friday, the same weekend of the Drag Me to Church, I will be in Espresso Grande show. Thank Grande, it's Friday at The Rock. Um, yeah, I know she changed it to TGIF to thank Grande, it's Friday. I love that. Um, she, she's an incredible human being. Uh, she's our reigning Miss Gay Arizona America. And then actually yesterday got her ticket to, as we like to call it, the big dance uh, for Miss Gay America in January. So we'll talk pageantry real fast afterwards because that's a whole nother ballgame that we didn't even touch. Okay. Is this on, you said the 25th, that's the Friday? It's that Friday. June 25th. Okay. And you said at The Rock? At The Rock. And it's uh, at seven o'clock start time. So nice and early. So you're not having um the following friday i'll be back with her it's my sister's birthday so she requested that i uh be in a show for her so i'll be with uh miss espressa again on july 1st so if you missed the end of june you can catch me the next weekend and then i believe it's the next friday july 9th i will be at cruising seventh uh for the gig with fantasia saxton um and that is a 9 30 show time and we can get all this information. You post this stuff on your social media, right? I sure do. So I'm going to add Ryan's social media in the show notes below in this podcast. So you guys can just scroll on down and click it. It'll link you directly to Ryan's pages and you can follow him and you can learn all about um, what pageants or what events, gigs you call them is coming yep. up so that we can come support you and and break the barrier of like, let's make this normal and mainstream and and not taboo in this world, right? And, and feel free if there's any questions or uh, anything you want to know more about. Um, I'm an open book, as Dina knows. I'm always 
Facebook. I read all my messages. I reply to messages. Um, so if, if anything brought up that sparks something or has you wanting to ask a question, feel free. Um, I will never say no to someone who's trying to educate, which is great. I love that. Thank you, Ryan. Yes. So tell us real quick before we wrap up about pageant life. So just as, um, we all know and, and love the pad, like the pageantry on the big screen, right? We watch, we watch, it's like televised and everything like that. Mm -hmm. Drag has its own versions and there's a number of different national pageants that exist. The one that I'm pursuing and personally love is the Miss Gay Americas pageant system. And it is just like a normal pageant, um, except for minor things. Um, so in the morning, you show up in a suit as your authentic self. So you show up as Ryan so that I meet the judges as Ryan and we do a uh, what we refer to as male interview, where they ask, I ask questions about me, what's, what it is, what would I do with the title? Um, how would I, you know, different things like that. It's almost like a job interview in the morning. And is this, so you said male interview, you said wearing a suit. How does this relate to people who are trans and identify, like, is it just strictly for people who identify as male? So there are, well, so this particular pageant system is, um, their, their, um, motto is where men are men and female impersonation is art. Um, so that has always been their tagline. There are a number of different pageants that are open to trans individuals or non-binary individuals and things along those lines. In those cases, they call it interview. So you show up at your authentic self and your, how you present and the, and you attend interview in the same way. And they, it is like a job interview where they're asking some of the similar questions. Then you leave for a few hours because it takes time to get ready. Um, and you come back that night and you um, compete in talent, evening gown, and onstage question. Um, and talent, you'll see a wide range um, from high energy dancing and lip syncing to emotional pieces to Broadway to... Um, people have played instruments the whole nine yards. I haven't seen the miscongeniality cuts yet, but I'm sure it exists. <laughs> um, and then evening gown is, you know, you come at your best. There can't be a flaw anywhere. Not a stitch out of place. The hem needs to be perfect. The hair is perfectly quaffed. The jewelry is just enough. It's not too much. It's not too little. And you model in your evening gown. And then while you're in your evening gown, you pull a question at random and it's on stage question. You have no idea what the question is in front of you. Um, the audience finds out the same time that we do and you answer the question and it could be anything. Wow. So like um, no pressure, <laughs> no pressure at all. Like, eh. so, and then hopefully you do enough to get the crown. So it is literally just like what you see on TV. Yes. It is literally what you see on TV with dragons and dragon entertainers. And what would you do with, if you, if you got like the first place prize, you were crowned as what is it? Miss gay America. What would you do with that? Okay, thank you, onstage question. <laughs> um, I would continue to do what I'm doing, which is breaking the boundaries and 
thinking outside of the box. Um, you know, it's not very often a drag queen gets asked to do a podcast like this. It's mm. not very often um, that you get asked to go to a church and full drag and taking those unique opportunities and not letting them fly by and grabbing them and going um, because that's how you break the mold. That's how you impact lives and, and continuing that. And it would be on a much larger scale and a much larger faction because at that point it's nationally known and really like I said, just not letting those unique chances pass by. Wow. I love that answer. Is this like the same as what you see on TV where you're like, oh, there goes Miss America. And now there's all these things booked afterwards where Miss America like goes and influences these different populations and visits, visits charitable organizations and kind of like spreads the love and the word of that. Is that, does, is this similar? Are those same opportunities presented afterwards? In its own ways? Yes. So the short answer is yes. The long answer is it's whatever the title holder decides to do with it. Mm. And so sometimes just like, you know, presidents, people in, in powerful positions, it's what they make of it. It's the same type of thing. Mm. Um, so it's whatever they're passionate about and their platform and how they want to impact people is how they do it. That um, makes sense, right? Like it's like a funnel to feed into your greater cause, right? Yep. Absolutely. That makes sense. Mm. So when is all this going down, Ryan? <laughs> well, um, I have decided to continue pursuing this dream of being Miss Gay America uh, next year in the next round of the next season, as we call it. So keep on the lookout on the social platforms. I haven't figured out which preliminary pageant I want to do, but as soon as I do, everybody will know and it'll be another fun day of doing what I love. Yeah, yeah. Is there any other way you want to share with us that we can support you on your, your journey to breaking these barriers and shifting perceptions and showing up in a way that impacts others and heals yourself? Is there any other like plug that you want to share or any <laughs> just tidbit of knowledge that you feel like you want to drop before we end? Don't be afraid to ask is what I think the biggest thing. I know it's you know, our responsibilities to educate ourselves, right? You don't want to feel like you're overstepping. But when there is someone that's willing to take the question, feel free to ask. I'm, I am an open book and I'm there to help. I believe education is power and education can help solve a lot of challenges that we face in the world. And so if there's any question, no matter if you think it's dumb, mm. like... That's I, I, I truly am in the mindset. There's no such thing as a stupid question. I appreciate that because there's sometimes when I go and Google things, cause I'm like going to do my own research and then it doesn't sit well with me. Like what I Googled doesn't match the cultural norm of what I'm connected to or the people that I know. And mm -hmm. it can feel intimidating to ask questions. Sometimes when you feel like you should know the answer, or you feel like the research or the answers are at the tip of your fingers. The answer is very, and I think that's really important to share, especially with the LGBTQIA population is everybody has their own story and journey. Nobody's just like myself. I don't fit in the same box as my neighbor, right? Like there's, there's every single human in this world has a different story and journey. And if you're curious to how one person's going to perceive or experience or questions related directly to that one person, it's okay to ask them those questions. And you don't have to pretend that Google's answers are the end all be all. 
especially if it doesn't feel like it's matching. And in the same vein, respect the decision not to answer. Mm. There are some things that are painful and are hard to talk about. Mm. And if they choose not to answer, don't push Mm. because there's a reason why they're not answering Mm -hmm. and they'll answer when they're ready. Mm. Thank you for that, Ryan. Powerful. Anything else you want to plug in or share before we part ways? I think we've covered it all at this point. (laughs) It has been such an honor to have you on this podcast. I so appreciate you and admire you. And I adore you with my whole heart, Ryan. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for sharing about Katie Christian Star. Thank you for sharing about your upcoming opportunities that we can support you and cherish you. And if you guys are listening to this, head on over to my Instagram page. There's going to be saved an IG story or a, a live, an IG live that's going to be saved in there with me and Katie Christian Star. So you can meet Katie in real life and see all that it is to be drag and as we're hyping up this episode. Well, thank you so much for asking me to be a part of it. I love that you're doing this and I love that you're going down this new journey of life for you. And can we do lunch soon? Yes, (laughs) I would love to. (laughs) Thank you so much, Ryan. Thank you. Thank you so, so much for tuning in today. I hope you are feeling inspired and empowered in your own healing journey. I know that many of you listening might be reflecting on your own stories that you may feel called to share. If so, please reach out to me at dinat at empowertoheal.com. That's D-E-N-A-T at empower2heal.com. Or drop me a message through my Instagram handle at empower2heal. I would love to connect with you and learn about your journeys so that we can hopefully continue to spread these powerful life lessons on empowering ourselves to heal. My contacts will also be linked in the show notes below so that you can easily find me. We are so eager to start a movement in showcasing the many ways we can heal. And you can be part of this movement too by capturing images and tagging them hashtag empower the number two heal on Instagram. We look forward to seeing all the ways that you are empowered to heal. I love you beautiful souls and thank you so, so much. Please be sure to subscribe, like, and review. 